Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Welcome. Come in. Take a seat. Wherever you are in the world, this is going to be... You're in a good mood. ...a great podcast. Why would that be, Tom Bellingham, co-founder? Uh, because you've just done an absolute worldy prediction. Fair play to you. Not only that, but the person I put on pole is the person on pole, Charles Leclerc. And I'm wearing a Ferrari top. The world has allowed me to support Charles Leclerc and not slapped me in the face immediately. <laughs> That's why I said immediately. I'm absolutely buzzing. Tommy, I'm sure you are too, because you know Verstappen's going to win the title. But of course, we've got something interesting uh, going into Sunday's race, which is not tomorrow because it's Friday today. Now, before we dive into everything, let's get that five-star review read out. This one comes in from Clary Biscuit from the UK. If you want yours to be read out, please do leave us a five-star review. Let us know why you love this podcast, because it helps us out massively. This one from Clary Biscuit says, if I could rate it 10 stars, I would. Best podcast ever. Simples. I find myself listening along and commenting in agreement with their views or debating with them as though I'm in the same room. Bonkers. I wish there was new content every day, but when there's not, I just listen again to previous episodes. Sad, I know. Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, I love that. I love that review. That's one of my favorite ones. Thank you, Clary Biscuit. Uh, Thank you. Hopefully uh, you will agree with the fact that this is a great day today. There's a lot of content this week as well with the, all the sprints and stuff. So you, your wish is happening pretty much this week. So let's start at the very beginning. Q1, the world's longest Q1, I believe uh, some may say. I don't actually know the exact time it took for us to get through that 18-minute session, but it was no. a long old time because we had Divries in the wall, red flag. We then had Gasly in the wall, red flag. And signs had a little spin, which didn't cause a red flag. But there was absolute carnage, not only in qualifying, but also in practice. One practice session. Is it the way forward? One practice session and a month off. Uh, everyone just seemed to forget how to drive. It was the kind of Baku carnage that we expected, uh, that we've kind of expected to happen over the years, but maybe haven't had for the last few years. Um, and everyone was just... Yeah, going off left, right, and center. Some people extremely, even the people that didn't go off, you know, huge moments, like really close to the wall. And um, yeah, I don't actually know how long Q1 went for, but I remember thinking, I think when we were on our watch along, I looked at the time when they were just about to start Q2, and I remember thinking, quality should be over now because it had been an hour. So yeah, crazy to have all these red flags. It certainly was. Again. It, it certainly was. Um I guess the question, uh, first and foremost, is from me actually, not from a not from a viewer. Oh, is one practice enough? I've seen it all over social media. Is it causing 
dangerous conditions. The driver's not ready to to perform. Of course, that month break as well is going to have impacted slightly. Uh, but is one practice session enough for the drivers, especially when that that particular one was was not exactly 60 minutes of, of full running. We had uh, delays in there as well. We had Hamilton having problems. Is 60 minutes enough? Yes. Okay, moving on. Uh, at- <laughs> no, it's, not, it's actually too much. Um, just get straight into quality. The funny thing is, actually, all the drivers, um, you thought with this entertainment thing that a lot of the drivers might be like, oh, no, we need practice. But actually, it seems like whether Stefano Domenicali has slipped them a tenner and gone, no, you will say this is good. Um, but all the drivers seem to be absolutely loving it from the, the press conferences and going, no, this is great. We want more meaningful sessions, but... Uh, whether the people that smashed it into the wall are still saying that uh, is another question. And I will say, poor Alpine mechanics that um, fixed Gasly's car after that huge fire that he had in FP1, and then he went straight out there and uh, binned it. Yeah, he's going to have an awkward conversation, I think, today, isn't he, after uh, that bit of carnage. But yeah, I, I personally think, it's great. It's great to have the unpredictability in the sport. The fact that the drivers don't know every inch of the track and where to brake and all these different conditions. Are oh, they testing everything? No. We had one practice session, which, to be fair, I think a lot of them just went for low fuel trying to, to get ready for qualifying because we've got two qualifying sessions this weekend. One we've already had, one tomorrow as well, where we see Charles Leclerc on pole once again. Um, so <laughs> it's it's a great day to be a Ferrari fan. But I, I, I did enjoy... Uh, the unpredictability of, of it. I think that's what Formula One needs. As much as it is the pinnacle, we want them to go as fast as they can. Having those unknowns in the data gave us an interest in qualifying today, albeit slightly fragmented in the way in which we we absorbed it. Dominicali is absolutely rubbing his hands together that after all the talk of get rid of more practice sessions, it would make it more exciting. And boy, did it deliver exactly that. You know, we've got, uh, well, he's, he's been on pole three times in a row now, Charles Leclerc, uh, around there. But you can say it is a surprise person on pole with the way the season's going with Red Bull. Uh, and yeah, unpredictability throughout the grid has to be said. It's a question from at Sernst9797. Do you think Quali on Friday is truly the best decision for the sport? Yeah. It's difficult. How you measure this is, oh, is the sport making more money? Probably. Do you work on a Friday? Is From an the, entertainment the perspective, yes, we are incredibly lucky for this to be our jobs and we can uh, cover it. But that's not the same for everyone. A lot of people were at work today having to either watch it on the sly, which I think that in itself, you can't enjoy it as much as if you were at home. You got it on the loudspeaker. You can properly give it some welly rather than I've seen messages of people saying, I was in maths class and I was trying so hard not to you know, say anything whilst watching it or I was at work or, or whatever. Imagine a Charles Leclerc doing this fan doing the same reaction you did on our watch along in maths it's class and everyone's turning around like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, from a fan's perspective, no, I don't think that having the, most important qualifying session on the Friday is the way forward, but they are trying, as we know, to make Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday all worth going to. If you're just looking at it from a trying to keep everyone happy that's at home watching, you would maybe swap the two qualifying sessions and have the sprint quali on Friday and the main quali on Saturday. So at least then you've got, yeah. you, you are allowed to tune in to the most important sessions on a weekend. 
but I know again for the reasons why they've done it the other way around. And in fact, we get more sort of. Uh, I would say I would argue that we have a little bit more of a jumbled up order, or at least things going wrong in the in the most important session because they've had such little running. Tomorrow they'll have a, a lot more of an idea as to how qualifying will unfold, and you would expect to have less carnage. But then again, it's shorter sessions. So we, we could <laughs> yeah. be in for another treat around Baku. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I don't think that necessarily the fact that Quali's on a Friday is the best decision. I think the best decision is just the fact that, uh, no surprises here from me, that there's less practice so people aren't as prepared and that's what's made uh, for a very exciting Quali. So that's good. Um, yeah, you, you could even argue that uh, I don't want this, but um, you'd have the same situation if you just had a two-day F1 weekend where they go straight into FP1 on Saturday, then into qualifying, and then you don't need to have sprints and things like that. Uh, and then and the people on Friday don't that, miss. Tommy. They don't get exactly. cash. They need to ca- monetize that Friday. All that. All that. I wouldn't be surprised if they start monetizing a Thursday as well. You know, like we just get a whole <laughs> week of Formula One eventually. And the cart, the cart race that uh, Esty Bestie um, suggested, the spec series thing. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I th- I'm very, very interested to see how tomorrow goes as well. Whether it's any good or not. Yeah, it's weird. What, it's what weird going into tomorrow, and it's actually not that long of running that we get to enjoy. You've got quite it's a short be, I think the qualifying. thing is going straight into qualifying again. And then we've that got a big gap. Well. And then we go into a short race. So realistically, we don't actually get to see the cars probably for as much as we would if it was just normal practice and uh, a long qualifying session. So let's see. Let's await our opinions until afterwards. Um, so in outing Q1 was Joe, Hulkenberg, Magnussen, Gasly and De Vries. We know that Gasly and De Vries both washed um, both into the wall. <laughs> Uh, but both the Hasses out was was quite a surprise. Magnussen had a problem with his car. Hulkenberg, I'm not so sure. I think he just got caught out uh, one way or another. But both Hasses out in Q1 is is a bit of a disaster. It is. And what a weird session as well, because it kind of felt like it had ended. Yeah. And then and went for another lap. did a second lap, which I think is actually a very interesting situation, because does that mean that when we have SQ3 tomorrow and it's all this, oh, there might only be one lap. There'll be two. There'll be two. People can go faster on the on the second lap. So we'll, we'll, we'll see people have another go potentially. Might as well. Yeah, because we saw, was, I think it was about seven and a half minutes left in Q1 today and everyone barreled out and managed to do two laps. So yeah. when they're saying there's going to be one lap, around here it doesn't seem that way because... at least they are uh, able to with the tyres put in a decent if not better lap that that second time round so maybe not as chaotic as we expect with an eight minute SQ3 uh, especially with only 10 cars there I'm sure they'll be able to figure it out but let's see maybe I've just completely and utterly jinxed it it's going to be carnage so then we move to Q2 George Russell was the big scalp um, dropping out uh, in Q2 in 11th, four thousandths of a second, I think, behind his teammate in the end. Then you had Ocon, Albon, Bottas, and Sargent. Um, I was surprised to see both Williams out, to be honest. I thought Albon might have popped in a little worldy, and he actually blamed signs, didn't he, for the fact that he didn't make it through. I think he was around a tenth and a half off making it through to Q3, so it wasn't far away. Uh, and he did have a big old swapper because Carlos didn't fancy moving out the way, maybe as quickly as I would have liked if I was in Alex's shoes. Yeah, with how quickly Albon has 
uh, like how much quicker Albon's been than than Sargent. You got to feel like he had more time on on the table, and God, imagine uh, Albon a bit quicker, and we would have had both Mercedes out, uh, which is a, a big yikes after them talking about oh we're here with you know potentially upgrades and things like that, and uh, they're not looking good at all. Question from Anax underscore Max Tech. How did Mercedes go from the second or third quickest car to be the sixth quickest in Q2? I don't think it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to really pinpoint one thing. Of course, the car is quite draggy. There's also the element of the fact that they really struggled in in FP1. They had some brake problems, I think, on both cars. Uh, So that limited their running slightly. Um, But I don't think we can take too much from the fact that we've, had one practice session straight into qualifying. I think some teams will get it right, some teams will get it wrong. I think the pecking order will be roughly the way it should be, as we saw in qualifying, but there will be some teams that just don't go the right way with the setup, potentially. And and Mercedes, as much as we say the sixth quickest in Q2, Hamilton managed to stick at P5, which I think was a fantastic lap, considering the struggles that, that they'd had in practice and Q1 and Q2. Yeah, they've absolutely taken that after <laughs> after where they were in Q2 that Hamilton fifth and not actually that far off um, fourth, but then Science's lap wasn't particularly great. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is going to be the, the thing potentially if we go down this route of only one um, session uh, and even uh, only one practice session, the fact that they have to set up for essentially loads of uh, sessions. It's not like they just go into uh, FP1 and they do set up for qualifying in that in that session. They have to plan for the race, plan for qualifying, plan for sprint, plan for sprint qualifying. There's loads of things they've got to do now, uh, and it just shows that people, certain teams, will get um, bitten. And I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but just from the look of the way the way it kind of panned out, I felt like almost even between like a Q1 and a Q2, it wasn't necessarily always the same order, like because people were just, I mean, Merck is a prime example that they were absolutely nowhere. And then Hamilton's put it in P5. And then, you know, Albon was so quick in uh, that session, but then in the first session and yeah, it's just changing all the time. The, it's, it's very unpredictable, which is exactly what Formula One wants. So they will be absolutely buzzing with this example uh, of, basically less practice it it's it's a positive start for the sprint race format i would say uh because they yes. are literally learning as they're going uh, as, as they're going it, it's it's one of those that some people might not enjoy that as much because there's more mistakes but for me that's that's great because it just it gives you a, a, that element of unpredictability that i think a lot of races need i think for tomorrow in particular that sprint race is going to be really important information for the teams going into Sunday, of what the hell these tyres are going to do moving forward. I think Charles Leclerc was interviewed after qualifying, and he mentioned that they haven't even been on the medium tyres yet. So they're going to go on the mediums in SQ1 and SQ2 for the first time. So it's that, and that again, is that too much? Are we forcing fun and excitement here? I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Sorry, sorry to quickest. put this into the atmosphere, yeah. But imagine if Ferrari absolutely dreadful on the, the medium tyre and then Charles gets knocked out in uh, SQ1. Why would, why would then, I imagine that? And then, I... and then you've had two qualifying sessions where what one of them's been terrible, one of them's been amazing, and then everyone would just go, yeah, this is what we need. We need absolute chaos where 
no practice and then the the order is completely mixed up because i guess the one thing we were worried about in uh sq1 uh, and sq2 and sq3 um is the fact that have we already seen the order and now will it be a surprise but uh, you'd argue that if charles leclerc sticks it on pole again it would be a surprise because <laughs> you best believe you better be on that Twitch Matt P1 Tommy live stream if Charles Leclerc gets pole again uh, tomorrow because uh, my reaction today was was one of not just joy but also relief. There's been a lot of pain uh, over the last few well years, uh, so it was it was a big big uh, release. It was amazing. So let's move to Q3. Charles Leclerc on pole by almost two tenths of a second, but it didn't look that. Like it was going to be that after the first run, did it, Tommy? When they set, I say they, Leclerc and Verstappen set exactly the same time, but Verstappen set it first, and I was I was thinking, no way. No way is Leclerc going to be on Max's pace, but set the same time and too late. I just felt like that was peak Ferrari uh, in terms mm-hmm. of trying to support them. Yeah, imagine the sad piano song he'd have written about about that if he'd have uh, missed out on pole by literally nothing. nothing. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was it was crazy. Le- Leclerc was just on it. I mean, you just can't. No one can doubt Leclerc's ability in those like in terms of pure speed. Is there anyone better? You can argue in terms of just like absolute flat out going for it he beat Um, carlos signs by eight tenths of a second that is a country mile in a track where the last sector is one corner and then flat yeah and you've got to think as well this is the third baku in a row that he's got pole and yes last year the ferrari was very good and he got a lot of poles this year the red bull are miles quicker than anyone 2021 they were awful and he still managed to put it on pole 29 they didn't race in 2020 you could argue 2019 he probably would have got pole if he wouldn't have crashed he was looking unbelievable there and then dare i say i'm pretty sure he did pretty amazing things i think this i think it was his breakthrough race for south was was, 2018 um so yeah he he is unreal at this place so yeah it's gonna be gonna be good to see what he can do because it was, I think last year, Red Bull were looking better in the race than Leclerc, but he was properly taking it to them until he exploded and uh, we didn't... Yeah, you'd had a strategy. He was on a different, yeah, different strategy. So, yeah, we will, we'll have to see, but my... It's a, pro- it's a problem now, right? Because my, my expectations were so through the floor coming into this weekend. Even though we did stupid predictions, it was just kind of out of delirium. Now I expect something. At the very yeah. least, him it's on the podium. And it's, it's going to be interesting. But we've got another race weekend, a completely fresh slate going into tomorrow, which is such a weird thing for my brain to process. What's, what's better, the feeling of Charles Leclerc being on pole or the feeling of going on Twitter after you've predicted something weird and just just liking and replying to all those comments that go, "What have you been smoking?" Oh, it feels oh, so good. What are you on about? It feels so good because <laughs> look, as much as so I predicted, I got so we usually do our top five, don't we, uh, for yeah. for qualifying and then for the race, and I got the top four right, and fifth was a tenth off. Alonso was a tenth off, making that yeah. a five from five and putting Leclerc on pole. Like that would have been prediction of the of the season slash 
10 seasons. That would have been unbelievable. But yeah. it wasn't that far-fetched of a, a prediction. Yes, Red Bull are unreal, and it was likely that they were going to be a few tenths clear. But Leclerc, as we've already said with his previous form, it wasn't too outrageous. He's there in FB1 as well. Exactly. So... What a what a man! Uh, I could go on for hours about how incredible <laughs> a that lap was. Six-hour podcast. Uh, exactly. We're going to be here until sprint quali. <laughs> <laughs> we certainly will, but we will be live on Twitch, Matt P. One Tommy, if you want to come and uh, join us tomorrow and on Sunday as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May the 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Let's move on to other things, as much as I want to talk about Charlotte Claire on pole for the rest of time. Uh, McLaren. McLaren taking, a, a, would say, a rather decent step forward, at least in the hands of Lando Norris. Question from Thomas Welsh, 2K16. Where the hell did the McLaren speed come from? Well, they've brought some updates, haven't they, this, uh, for this weekend. And at least <laughs> it feels like Lando Norris's updates, if you see what I mean. I feel like Lando's gone, I need a bit of this, I need a bit of that. And I'll be a lot better. And he's stuck it in P7. Oscar did a good job as well in quali, P10. Set exactly the same time as Lance Stroll, actually. So there's a lot wow. of <laughs> identical lap times going on in this quali session. But yeah. So Lance, uh, so uh, so basically uh, the McLaren updates are as good as an Aston Martin without DRS. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? That's, that um, is crazy. Yeah, but yeah, Lando was, was looking very good and... He's in that that familiar P7 uh, that he was for all of last year. Um, but they'll after the start of the season, they had. I think they even said that this is the car that they were wanting to have at the start of the season. So um, if they're on it, then fair play to them. And actually, uh, I'd say that McLaren, the the Mercedes engine, hasn't exactly been the greatest. The the Mercedes powered cars in a straight line. 
So if this is what they're doing at a track within an absolutely enormous straight, uh, maybe they'll be even better around um, some some tracks more suited to them, like uh, Imola, for example, or something like that. So, um, Landon yeah, podium so soon finally, come. Yeah, Imola. finally some positivity for McLaren fans. Yeah, and I feel for all the McLaren fans listening and maybe watching on YouTube, it's been a tough ride, has it not? But fair play to them, though. They came out with an absolute dog of a car last year and figured it out. They came out with an absolute dog of a car this year and it seems like they're figuring it out. So fair play to them. They, they you know turn around very quickly. I think I've, I've found out what it is. So I saw some news that they're scrapping LED wheel covers for um, 2024. And I reckon that McLaren team have gone, look, Zach Brown, we don't need rotating sponsors on the wheels. We can finally focus on the, the 2023 car and make it good. And uh, they've scrapped that, and now they can uh, focus on their car making it good, and it's worked. So, wow! I, I actually thought you were going to come up with some kind of actual <laughs> insight, but nope that was all <laughs> that was all Tom Bellingham bants. Um, so yeah, I think really happy for for McLaren both to see them in Q three. Great job. Uh, let's see what they can achieve uh, on Sunday, and of course on Saturday. But we don't have any results for that yet. Still trying to process that. Moving on now to Yuki Sonoda. What a great qualifying in P8. Now, we mm. all thought this was going to go slightly differently when I was watching FP1 in particular. Of course, I uh, put him in the biggest flop category. No disrespect, just, you know, it's all based on vibes, that particular prediction. But to see him in the wall after 15 minutes or whatever it was, uh, I did wonder whether the curse was striking again. Uh, perhaps oh. it strikes in moments and it, it's gone away and it might come back again tomorrow or Sunday. But he turned it around beautifully and P8 in what we still believe is a pretty shocking car. So good on Yuki. Yeah, DeVries is having an absolute stinker and wonder how many more performances that DeVries is going to have before they think about sticking another Red Bull Junior in potentially. If if it carries on and DeVries literally doesn't get up to speed, you've got uh, Iwasa leading the F2 Championship, uh, Liam Lawson winning in Super Formula. And uh, yeah, Yuki is looking like the the guy that's delivering for, for Alpha Tauri. And yeah, it was P7 in Q2, uh, P8 in Q3. And yeah, having a great, uh, a great session, but just always going to be at the back of his mind that, Matt Gallagher, biggest flop jinx. <laughs> well, also as well, it's going to be in the back of his mind that I'm the only part of P1 that actually backed him this season. Uh, so I'm sure that he'll he'll be thinking about that when Tommy was supposed to be his stan and then said Nick DeVries would beat him. So. Well, I, I did in the first one and then bottled it in the championship order one. So we'll see. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare try and claw that back. Okay, we now move on to our final point of Q3, and that's the Aston Martin DRS problems. You sort of hinted at it, Tommy, but P6 and P9 for Aston Martin, despite having intermittent DRS problems, or was it the entire se uh, session? I don't. I feel like it was I working at times. Yeah, yeah, it kind of changed. But uh, we saw the replay, didn't we, of Lance Stroll, where it just wasn't open down the main straight. And of all the things... Uh, of all the circuits, you don't want that to be happening at Baku, down that massive long straight. That's going to lose so much time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, that straight feels like it goes on forever, like, especially when Leclerc was there about to set a purple lap. And I was like, 
it's going to happen. Oh, okay, we've got 10 more seconds, even though he's on the straight. It's going to happen any time now. Okay, now it happens, and he's on pole. And, uh, yeah, he, they're going to hope to God that the DRS works for the races. Otherwise, they're in big, big problems. If they're sat in a DRS train, well, it's not a DRS train. If they can't open their, their flaps, that yeah. sounds weird. Um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Biggest flop. Uh, don't want to say Aston Martin. Maybe I've got the power now. You've handed it over to me for a race. But then, but my work, my power worked as well. So maybe we're sharing yeah. the power because I don't think it was too floppy that that it's you know <laughs> it it was like semi you know. That's <laughs> worse. <laughs> I meant yeah. to say it's semi floppy. No, God. Okay, moving on yeah. swiftly to the fact we have tomorrow sprint day. As uh, you may well be aware, of course, we've got the sprint shootout and the sprint race. Are you looking forward to that, Tommy? I am. My brain, we've had this for three years now. This is the, well, the third year, and I still, in my brain, I can't compute this isn't Saturday. Uh, and also, I think the weirdest thing is going to go, we're going to go straight into a qualifying. Like the next time we watch Formula One, is qualifying again. That, yeah. to me, is just going to be very, very, very weird. It's going to feel like a bit of deja vu, really, isn't it? We're going to be sat there going... Yeah. I don't know how on? I'm going to feel about it because people complained that, you know, it's a bit of an anticlimax for um, to have a sprint race and then go into the race and then does it take away from it? Will it take away from qualifying if we go back into mm. another qualifying and will you kind of forget about it? But I don't know. It's weird. It's a good point. Um, we're all we're all getting used to it, um, and uh, it's just just change, isn't it? We hate change, even Everyone if it is sometimes change. for the best. We hate change, like the new F one logo. Do you remember that? Everyone hated it, and then everyone loved it. it or the new or the theme tune, Brian Tyler. I don't think anyone was like, "Oh wow, banger!" Oh yeah, everyone was like, "Oh what what's this?" You know, why why are they yeah. why have they got someone that's done music for films like this is so gimmicky and terrible and now everyone's absolutely goes for it the greatest like, thing ever yeah exactly <laughs> okay there you go well thank you everybody for, for watching and listening to our qualifying rundown on a friday yeah that's that's a thing tommy final thoughts my final thought <laughs> <laughs> yes. is that uh we're on a billboard we are on a billboard. I can't believe I didn't mention it. It'll be on our social medias if you want to see it. Um, mega. Absolutely awesome. London, Leicester Square. We're in Dublin, Cardiff and Glasgow as well if you want to to see the, uh, our, our little billboard, which is amazing. Send us a picture. Yeah, send us a picture if you see it. That would be amazing. Uh, great final thought there, Tommy. My one is can't wait to see Charles Leclerc on pole tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a great day and also him winning the sprint race and then, of course, on Sunday as well. But you'll hear from us more then. I feel like I'm maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself, but it's a great day. I wore a Ferrari top and Charles Leclerc was on pole. What more could I possibly want from life? Good times. Okay, perfect. See you very soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.